um, in our mind. That's what the mind does. So it looks continuous. So then if it's continuous, then it's controlled. If it's continuous, then uh, nothing unexpected can really happen. It's managed. We have it, uh, it is like it is. It is guru works. But if we minimize our now, which is a different conversation altogether, but if we minimize our now, which is our attention, so down to a very small now, then if the, if the now is small enough, then when when uh, moments go by, the gaps between the moments become visible and we can move through them just like moving between the cars and a freight train or between houses, you know, there's rows of houses you can walk through the, uh, or look through the houses or like sometimes the fences go by those, those fences and if you look you just see the fence but if you look through, you, you know, you can actually see through the fence and you know, the fence like that. So that's what we're talking about. But what happens is, is we go through a doorway, and usually when we go through a doorway, we uh, fall asleep, we go unconscious, and we don't realize that we just shifted from one chamber to another chamber. It is as if we have been in that chamber for our whole life. So that's the same as like a conversation. When somebody creates a drama conversation, we have no connection to outside of that conversation because we, we weren't aware of the transition of going into that conversation. So we're identified with that conversation, and it is as if that is the only conversation that ever has been, ever will, and only exists in the whole world. Therefore, we have to deal with it as if it's real. So what we're talking about is having the uh, methodology, the skill, uh, the awareness of moving in and out of chambers and spaces and conversations with awareness so that we can uh, be of service consciously rather than just being fed upon or um, feeding off of those uh, spaces and, and conversations. So one of the methodologies for be staying awake is every time you go through a doorway, use that as a reminding factor to stay awake. So, so okay, I'm going through a doorway, I'm going to wake up now. And then you, every time you go through a doorway, literally or conversationally, energetically, then when you go through the doorway, it's a reminding factor to stay awake, and you go, okay, I'm in a new chamber now, and it, what you do when you walk in the chambers goes, you, what you do, the first thing you do is you say hello to the chamber, and when you walk into the chamber, whatever, whatever it is, and say hello, what you're actually saying hello to is what we're calling the presiding deity, which is the the set of principles that is being that this space is dedicated to. So the deity is a combination of principles that the space or conversation is dedicated to <coughs> serving. And you walk in and recognize those principles. So then all of a sudden you have a map of the territory. You already know what's being served in that space. And then we come to Fred's question, well, okay, what do I do with this? So most of the time what we do with it is nothing. We just stay awake. Most of the time we don't have a job in that particular circumstance. We'll walk in, there will be a chamber, we walk in and go, okay, this space is dedicated to serving uh, competition, uh, looking good, and um, being nice, but a winner. And so that's a, like a corporate office maybe. And so you walk in, you, na you name, you, as you walk through the door, you greet the presiding deity by saying energetically, you say hello, 
and then all of a sudden you're in alignment with those principles and you know what principles are being served and then you can go okay there is some relationship between those principles and my principles and I'm going to choose <coughs> to not serve those principles but to serve consciousness I'm going to serve my principles in a way that will transform the principles that are in that presiding space. The way you do that is you actually generate a, a subspace within that space. And when you do that, you have to use incredible amount of skill, which is what we were talking about. Because your space has to not be seen as a bacteria, a, a, a virus that is a, an enemy to that space. So you have to coat yourself with a kind of protein that um, <laughs> that is digestible and fast, that is desired and wanted by, by the presiding deity of the space. Uh, and you would do that, for example, by coding, like I, I'm a consultant in businesses in Germany, for example. So first I'm an American. So like already I'm a virus, you know, already just because I'm not German. I don't speak the language, I'm not the local people. So I'm also, then I'm a consultant. A consultant is a virus. Because if you, if nobody likes consultants. Consultants means there's problems, they're expensive. You know, consultants, huh? Could be changes. Yeah, changes. Yeah, changes, mm -hmm. the last result catalyzes, you know. What's the problem? If there's a consultant, we, there's a problem. So, so I have to cope myself with the kinds of proteins that are not rejected by the presiding deity in the space. And, or in, a, in a, a chamber, so that in fact I'm actually um, attracted to that. Like, that, okay, they go, hmm, mm, here's something we can use, here's something we can eat, this is going to make us more, and you start looking at their principles, it's going to make us more profit, more power, more organized, more clean, more effective, more, and more nice, more sip like that. Okay, so that, that's, so that's what I'm talking about in terms of coating yourself with a uh, to not not being experienced as being a uh, a virus or a bacteria that's dangerous to the space, but in fact turning it the other way around is that you're useful, wanted, desired, needed of service to the space. And yet at the same time, I am not going to back off from any of my principles, uh, which is which is a little chamber that I'm working on, and I'm going to go hunting around looking for other individuals within the organization that I can pop from that context into my context and empower them with uh, new tools and methods then to go back into their context and create more effective, bigger results for them. This is an introductory presentation <laughs> 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 about what? About functioning as a possibility manager. Well, and the practical function is that you don't have a victim of state. So like, I, I, I have had the experience, and I would imagine almost everyone in here has had the experience of going out shopping and coming home with something you didn't intend to buy. Like, how did that happen? When I was first working with this, there was my, I went with a buddy of mine and my two daughters, and we had to go to Walmart. And we suspected that they were using subliminal communications in the system to produce that you buy stuff that you don't need when you're in the store. So what we, we all hooked arms together, and we walked in singing, Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. And then, and then, and then, so we were singing that song the whole time we were in there. We made this before, and so we stayed awake, going through the doorway into the chamber. So it's a kind of a white noise. We were creating white noise. It was an old, it's old technology, but it worked. We were, except it was really funny, because my buddy, he said, 
I, I need some of those. And we go, wake up! You know, and we jerk him back over here. And say, no, we have one thing to get in here. You're not going to get anything else. And it, like, so anyway, yeah? Yeah, or it's like walking into, you know, I went to the International Center and going to the employees at lunch break. And the women would just be moaning and blaming and, res I mean, like it was really depressing. And I thought, I should just bring a load of homemade bread and some jam from the farm and it changed the whole thing, you know, because it would shift something. You know, nobody ever does that. Mm -hmm. So, so you're, what you did was you used an artifact. Right. So the artifact itself is an archetypal energetic representation of a bunch of principles. Mm -hmm. So so what you did is you brought an energized artifact into this space that people could actually eat. And that, you know, they're actually consuming it, not just looking at it or hearing it or smelling it or seeing it, but they're actually putting it into their body. So you actually, you know, put a virus in their body about, you know, a completely different set of principles than what they were serving at the time. And then when it's all gone, you know, after 10 or 15 minutes, then, then what? <laughs> yeah. She should have used a little more yeast in that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or brought two. Yeah. yeah. So that would be why we'd go back to the same stores over and over. Even the same restaurants over and over. Why? Because we're in alignment with what's happening there. Use our language. Principles. Use our language. Use the new language that we just put in here. So, oh, because I'm in alignment with the presiding deity. And what does alignment mean? That have the same principles. I can... That's not what we said. We said that reciprocal feeding would happen. So reciprocal feeding happens when you go into that chamber between you and the presiding deity. Okay. So the presiding deity eats you, and you eat what's offered in the chamber. So in this case, you said a restaurant, part of what's offered is the food in the restaurant, but we just said food is archetypal material. I mean, it's, it, it represents energetically either, you know, quality, homemaking, Italian, whatever the thing is. You know, you go in there and you get fed with the impressions and the energetics that go along with the food. So it's not just the food. It's the whole, the whole feel of it. Well, and this is a good example because you've been languaging this for years. Like that you shop at certain stores and you go into certain restaurants because they're not chained and because they contribute to the community. Like that's how you choose restaurants you go into and that's how you choose stores you shop in. You've been saying that. So that's the working example of how it aligns with what they're committed to is something you can align yourself with and participate in. Yeah, I was thinking about how, you know, that this does that this op operates unconsciously. I mean, we, we create this or attempt to create it, like what Kelly's talking about, unconsciously all the time when we just know something is off and we want to do something about it or we want to intentionally create something else but it's like we have only a few tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. and you, yeah, you have to learn them because if you don't, you will get killed. Well, I've had that like experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, like the work we do about going into the other world, accepting the dark side of ourselves, allows me as an individual who's incorporated full knowing of what I'm capable of as a gremlin to walk into a gremlin space or space where principles that are that are other than what I want to uh, reside in and, and stand for 
and communicating the world allows me to have a, a certain acceptance level and, and also a compassion for those principles and be able to incorporate them without making everyone wrong in the space, without being re in resistance to the very to, to that deity. You know, so that I can I can gently and compassionately bring in to play a new set of principles so that nobody is is you know, so that I'm not being ego driven in space and so that I'm not, you know, making people wrong. Because energetically, that's very easy to do whenever you know, that, whenever that I know that I have a principle that's in place where I'm in the space, I'm in the gap, and I can see what's going on, it's very easy to, to feel superior or to bring that ego dirt into the space, you know? And the, the opportunity and the invitation is to like be about how, how, there's something new and different and much bigger than that. Yeah, it's a real interesting exercise to go through town or go through the mall and check chamber after chamber and pick, somehow pick the chambers that are either neutral to you or that you're actually repelled by and go into those chambers and figure out why. Figure out what's going on. And you have to walk in and, and you it's the same procedure. You walk in and you say hello to the presiding deity in the chamber, and you go, like, and, and you have to go in there and go, okay, why have I never been in here before? Why is this? Why am I rejecting this? Like, just even, <coughs> just even, you'll walk down the hallway, and there will be certain people's offices that you will have never been in before. And okay, why do I never go in this guy's office or this woman's office? Why? Well, it's, be, it's, be, it's really below our consciousness most of the time. And if it's below our consciousness, then we're hooked. And it's a machine, it's automatic. So then what you do is you make it a practice to go into places you don't, that, the, that your machine rejects and as a way of um, including more, as a way of becoming more flexible and versatile and uh, being of service in other situations. So other than just mechanical reciprocal feeding. What that means is you would go into a chamber that there's no food for you, and nothing, and and you would go in there, or you would go into a chamber when you're not hungry, and go in, like that, and you would, and you would, um, then you're functioning in a way that's not just mechanical. I don't understand how that ties into management. You said it once, but I didn't quite. Well, you you know which, you know whose office you don't go in. You know who you leave alone. You know you know who that. Um, yeah. So you, who you're repelled by, and it's it's. So you never eat lunch with them. You never go into a lunch. You never have go into the visit them at their office. You, you know what I mean? It's like that. So that means that your management is serving a lot of underworld principles, hidden purpose of the gremlin, rather than a more objective. Hey, here is an individual. I'm going to choose to include them or be with them and connect with them for not because my my machine wants it. I'm going to choose because I'm the manager. And that's it. It's a high it's like a higher principle. So I'm going to go and be with them and have lunch with them not because I like them, not because I don't like them, simply because uh, it <coughs> I'm the manager. And what you have to do is you have to you have to, what you're doing is you are overriding the mechanical imperatives, the directives from the machine, 
are being overridden by a higher purpose, which is your management or your the, the principles of your company, which is family, integrity, and possibility. Really. So, so okay, that's why you're going in there, not because you like them or dislike them or whatever. You're hungry or full, whatever. It's you're actually serving something bigger. Does that make sense? Okay. So if I've been operating mechanically and without paying attention, a lot of the spaces that I don't go into are that like they don't have anything for me to eat because they do serve high principles. So it would still behoved me to go into those spaces that I never go. Yeah. Either way. Whether I know you know, whether I know what I'm doing or not. <laughs> yeah, you get radiated and exposed to higher other principles maybe. Yeah, there, you know, some people make it a practice to go just visit temples or visit uh, sanctuaries, just about churches, churches. churches. graveyards. Graveyards. There's another word besides temple. It's another word. Shrine. Shrines. Yeah, like shrines. There's, there's even another one with a D in it. I think. I'm thinking of divine. Anyway, shrine. Shrines, temples, sanctuaries, for just because they're sacred. Mm -hmm. Not because they're Catholic or Muslim or whatever, but simply because they're sacred. And then you go in and when you acknowledge and greet and exchange recognition with the presiding deity of the chamber, you all of a sudden are functioning at a, at a, in a different game. It's a different game. You're, you're an ally to the... They don't have to transform you into consciousness about their existence. They already know you exist because you said hello, and it's not, and you're not limited to say hello to a different deity because they're of a different box than you, it's because they are a deity. You know, because they are the sanctuary, you can serve the sanctuary. Like my, my wife, Brenda, she, you know, we moved into, in France, and actually right down the road from us is this shrine, sort of a natural grotto to uh, Mary. Mother Mary, I guess, and there's a statue there, and a lot of miracle cures have happened. There's hundreds of little plaques. It's it's like that, but it's much smaller than that. It's a simple outdoor kind of grotto. It's right in this bend in this road. There's lots of accidents that happen right there in this road because it's a blind curve. But anyway, people's crutches are there, you know, and all these bandages and photographs and thank you notes and like all this stuff because people have um, prayed to that local deity and um, have had miracles happen. So, w you know, we would just drive by and go like, you know, like interesting um, ethnological uh, manifestation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what happened with my wife, you know, she, she, I'm going, what are you doing? She's, she came back with this huge, like this garbage bag full of stuff. I go, what, where's this from? She says, it's from the Mary Shrine. I go, what? What do you mean it's from the Mary Shrine? I was down there cleaning and saying hello to the Mary Shrine and cleaning up some just extra candles and garbage that was laying around. And like, wow, totally blew me away. Totally educated me about how to be in a relationship with the local territory. Like, how do you be friends with, in a foreign country, man? You go say hello to the local presiding deities and honor and recognize them by picking up the garbage, for example, cleaning up the place. Like, even something the locals wouldn't do. And all of a sudden, man, it's like, you guys are welcome here, because we're, in, you know, we don't, we're not an enemy to the local deity. Local deity is just, hey, family, it doesn't matter 
you know, what, what box we're in. It doesn't matter. It's how we're functioning in the space. But we can do that in our own neighborhood. Like, I'm living in a new neighborhood, and I want to be able to have a relationship with the neighborhood. You know? So, I can discover what the, what the presiding deity is in the neighborhood. Yeah, her name might be Mrs. Smith. For example, <laughs> she might be the baby who lives on the corner, man, who moves everybody that's happening everywhere. And you, you know, you want to show up with some cookies and some, like, jam or something, and, you know, to have tea time or something like that. Otherwise, you are the enemy. You are the gossip specimen for the month or whatever. The virus. The virus. <laughs> yeah. The weirdo. And, yeah. And how, and how do you know that? How do you know what? How does Vicky know that? What? How does she know that it's Mrs. Smith? You scan. What? Give some examples. That wouldn't take any time to know that. We'll give some examples, some specifics. I mean, you just meet your next door neighbors and ask a few questions and meet the people on the other side and, you know, meet the people, I mean, just meet people and see who, well, who's lived here the longest and... Who says what know, about who? Yeah, what happens in there? Yeah, I don't know that about my street. Well, and what does your street think about you? Detached. <laughs> and therefore... <laughs> And therefore what? If you're detached and therefore different, therefore you're what? That. What's that? That. That I'm starting? I don't know. Yeah, you're the enemy. But what you're not well, looking at. Except I don't think that's true. Well, because you're not looking at it, though. Who's the presiding deity on your street? Who gets an invitation every year to come to the party on your street? Well, I have the party. And where? And who has the biggest light display on your street? We do. <laughs> but, but other than that, you're the presiding deity. <laughs> and, and it changes. Like during Final Four season, who's the presiding deity on your street? Martha. But I don't know where Martha is. Yeah. So it, but it changes? Depends on what you're celebrating. Which chamber? Or which chamber? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Including protection. Like who in your neighborhood is the source of protection? You know, in my neighborhood, Jan Belnick knows it all. She can tell you which cars race through, which cars don't belong on the street, which ones have been called in, how many workmen have been on the street, how many times people have been in your yard, whether or not she's talked to them, she got their license plate number. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm I'm just I totally didn't consider that the different changes. Would you think the mall itself has a presiding deity? No. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. See why I don't go there. We've got a ghost town mall. We've got a mall in our town that they call Ghost Town Mall. <laughs> oh, and we've got another mall 
Right. We've got another mall that's yeah. just thriving. Hmm. Right across the street. Yeah. 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 Interesting the mall people knew that, and when the movie theater was at Park Plaza Mall, the, de the presiding deity was a bunch, like it served, was served by gang members and by violent young people. Wow. And then the mall people said, cut the movie. And now it's shifted. So you can have a presiding deity for a nation? That's what happened with Hitler and all that? Ours is one nation under God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it says. God we trust. That's what it says. Well, I'm just thinking about all that happened with the Twin Towers and all the rhetoric with Bush. And I mean, that. But all the fear that our country faced. On. Yeah, but suddenly the whole country was putting out flags, and they, people were going to the mall, and people were canceling flights, and like nothing to do. But there, but it was in the whole chamber. Right. When a chamber is attacked, I think there's fear there. I think that's normal. I, that's well, and there's reordering. Yeah. yeah. The country's just like a person, I think. You know, it, it has challenges that come before it, and it's time to grow. So, when you say, we just kind of go over again the purpose of going into a space where the principles, where I would not be fed. Somebody else say that. What the, what the value why I should do that as a practice. Mm -hmm. Somebody else. I heard Clint say that we can't, that it, it would be valuable to pay attention to spaces that we are not attracted to, that actually repel us. And I can think of a store, I don't go to the mall, but I can think of a store at the mall that you couldn't drag me in. And so I'm so curious now about what are the principles at work in there that I'm repelled, you know, that I'm repelled by that store. And so I'm going to go home and go there. But I want to be clear about what the purpose of that is. When, when I first started to do that exercise, the chambers that I was totally repelled by or terrified by first were bars. I would never, ever go in a bar. So I just started to go in bars, and it would be like just so weird for me. And just chills would go down my spine, and I, I felt so out of place. And it was, and I would just keep breathing. I would just go in there and keep breathing, and go, what's this? What is this? Who? What is this thing? And I started to learn about more about my underworld. And the next places was those X-rated stores with the dildos and the. Like everything, all of it, the triple X rated, you know, walk in there, man. I, you know, what am I doing? You know, this is, I would never go in there. And uh, more things, I learned a lot. So it's like that. What else? Oh, I want to say something about, I went into an X rated school one night. I, I did it as a way of breaking through all of those ideas that I had about it. You know, I walked in and there was just sex everywhere. I mean, it was on the walls, it was on the shelves, it was like pictures everywhere. And I walked in and I just... Tape change.
walked in and you know it, it was like I had this idea that this was all fun and stuff and when I walked in and looked around and was really being willing to just be present you know in space I could see that it was it was like plastic all over it was like it was like nothing no big deal it was no big deal and it was so freeing for me to walk away from that experience and, and have incorporated that whole culture, you know, in a whole different way. It was like I, it was like I'd made a big deal out of sex and pornography and all that stuff, and it was just this stuff, and it was, it was just kind of like dead stuff in the room. You know, it was really, I had no idea, you know, that I was going to be experiencing it that way when I walked in there. And I walked into it, and, and that's what I came out with. It's really different. Did you answer your own question? Well, I'm wondering now why you, what you mean when you say, and you got to experience your underworld when you went in a bar. I can talk about that. Go ahead. Okay. Because if I walk into a sex store, I have feelings that come up that I don't want to feel. It is very uncomfortable. I don't want to feel those feelings. I don't want to be reminded of certain things. I don't, I mean, I just, I don't want to even think about, I get beliefs come up, judgments come up, and I don't want to associate with any of those, but it, but it is my underworld. It is completely my underworld of who I was in my 20s or, you know, it's just like, I don't want to think or feel about it. So I don't go there. And it's totally my underworld. It's, it's even a part of me that I haven't experienced in this life. Maybe more so that. That whatever, whatever the desires are, whatever the fantasies are, that I don't, you know, I just don't want to go there. I want to acknowledge that part of myself exists. Uh, it's also true of holy places. It's like the, the opposite of that is true, too. I mean, you know, if you look at the kinds of holy places you've not been in. Or the ones I've been in and had a judgment about. Right. The ones, the ones you've avoided, the ones that you've passed by, the ones you go in and find value to, that all of those places you know, have a teaching. There was a time when I had to spend, uh, uh, I don't know, 12 hours or something in Singapore <coughs> from 9 o'clock at night till 9 or 10 o'clock the next morning. and. It was like, okay, we're gonna, me and this other guy, we're gonna hang out at the airport, what? So it was nine o'clock, we get into Singapore, we took a bus into town, and we ended up at this little cafe place outside, and we just started hanging out and, and being with the people who were there, and it kept getting later and later, so these people would come and go home, and come and go home, and pretty soon it was the prostitutes who were coming and going home, and it was like three, four, five o'clock in the morning, and by then it was, it was dead there, and we just started walking downtown, and, what, and it, it was like in this whole underworld thing, we went into this whole area of town where there were these different temples. Now, Singapore has Chinese, Malaysian, uh, uh, Indonesian, Filipino, and, um, and there's another culture too in there. Like all of these cultures are all mixed together in this one little island. So. That means all the religion. So we're walking down the street and we start smelling this incense and we walk into this one church and it, like this one and we and they, they just it wasn't a church it was like a, a temple whatever they started ringing these bells and they had this 
and, and there's all these people lined up. So we got in line, and they started like smucking this ash stuff on us and blowing like this stuff all over us, you know, and sprinkling us with water. And we're just going through it. Was like everybody would do this every morning, and we were being cycled through this, like we're covered with this stuff, and then we'd come out and we're, we're what was And we walked down, and there was another one. We walked right in this one. Totally different thing. Totally different thing. Horns, bells, you know, singing, we're singing, you know, we don't even know what we're singing, you know, like this, and then, and we come out and go to, the, we did like three or four or five of these um, temples, and it was just totally, that we would never go in those places. It was an amazing thing to walk in there and have this, you know, covered with all this holy water and ashes and gold, really, anyway. So it was like that, it was a similar kind of thing. It was something I'll never forget either, because it was just some, so bizarre, I would never do that normally. Yes, that's another thing. You go into a chamber that you're not accustomed to and you're a lot more awake than you would normally be. When you go into the customary chambers, you go to sleep. Or you go into a chamber you are accustomed to with a different uh, focus. I went through the last time I went to the football game. I love football. I love it. (laughs) And what I realized the last time I was there is what I love is the civilized rage. It's like that has been so appealing to me. You can go and just cut heads off. <laughs> and everybody's doing it. And so, you know, we're sitting there and it's like, oh my God, that's a head. <laughs> and I mean, there were several times where it was like, the head's rolling. <laughs> and, and it was not, I mean, it was like, I had to really pay attention to what's happening in this space right now. What's happening. And it was completely different than any other time I've been to a football game. And same people in the arena. And the same thing happened. <laughs> I just want to say one thing, and maybe it's even off the subject. But I don't think you always have to honor the presiding deity, because I've gone into spaces and space clearly. Say more about that. I've moved energy out of spaces that I didn't want in the space. Great. Yeah. How, like, forgive us an example. Um, in my own home, my son's bedroom. Mm-hmm. What? It had real negative energy in it. And uh, John and I studied and read, studied and read, studied and read, prayed, 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 studied and read. And we determined, I could work, I'm going to clear that space and I need your help. And I mean, we got as holy as we could get, and we went in and cleared the space, took the furniture out, and burned it. And the next person to stay in that room was Cornet Simon. And he walked in, and he goes, whoa, what happened in here? Do you remember that? We said we cleared the space. It was bright and totally different energy. So I, I know that it, that can be done, I've done it. Isn't, that, isn't part of your process you had to honor what was there, like you had to recognize what was oh, there for what it was there for? Definitely had to recognize what was there and the purpose that that and that's the way of honoring. Yeah. Yeah, there's a dis- I want to make a distinction. Honoring is not serving. <laughs> okay, because when it said honoring, that to me is yeah, more not serving. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I left the room. I, you have, I've asked you this question before, and I don't think I really totally got the answer. Maybe that's what you're just now talking about. But 
um, so there are presiding deities in people's homes. Yeah. And so in different areas. In different rooms. How come in some houses they always hang around in the kitchen? And sometimes houses you always sit in the parlor. You walk in a room and sometimes you're always in the bedroom. Or there's the a bathroom. room or there's a room that never stays organized. Uh -huh. It's the pit. No matter what you do to it, how many times you clean it up, <laughs> it's still a pit. We moved into we moved into our new house and the woman had 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 all the